Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Good Games Well Played. I am JCM with this week is Isley. Yo. MSI. Hello. We've got some things to go over. We got another new round of sales hitting the store with the Golden Week on the PlayStation Network. We've got a lot of things discounted at 50%, stuff like Persona 5 Royals, 50% off, so you get that for 30 bucks. Kingdom Hearts, the all-in-one purchase, which is... Let's see what is in this collection. Is it all in one though? Because yes. Jesus Christ, Kingdom kind Hearts. Of. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> 1.5, remix, 2.8 final chapter prologue, and Kingdom Hearts three. So uh, yeah, everything. I have no idea what you just stated, but <laughs> it, does, it doesn't. I have trust the, that's all in one. The 356 yeah. over two days or whatever. I think it's like a mobile or something, right? Or another platform. Uh, the mobile one was um, Union Key or something like that. The 365 yeah. over two days was a DS game. Okay. Yeah, it's a 75% Wasn't off. Wasn't there one that was like birthday something? Birth by sleep. Birth by sleep. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, that was the PSP one. Yeah, the birthday, that's a Parasite Eve. Awful game, by the way. Yeah, it's 75% off at 25 bucks. So if you haven't played any of them or like you're waiting, it's an all one package. I don't know if they all have... I don't remember what kind of support Kingdom Hearts... I mean, it came out in... What 2019 was Kingdom Hearts 3? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure it had PS4 Pro support, so it's you know, if you get on PS5, it'll probably just be that same support, no extra enhancements. But again, there's some other things Secret of Mana that's 50% off, you can get that for 20 bucks. That's the remake. Soul Calibur 6 is on sale, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot Deluxe Edition, you've got Tekken 7 Ultimate Edition, Tales of Zestiria is 85% off, so that's nine dollars uh it's also on playstation now so it's nice that they show you in the the page like hey this game's cheap but it's also included on playstation now so i like that they show you mm-hmm. your automata is also 20 bucks uh so that's 50 percent off dang that's a good deal yeah so if you're just playing you know the n- near replicant and you're like yeah i want to play the other one then there you go you got the game of the yorha edition <laughs> and then you got standalone Kingdom Hearts 3, which you can get for 18 bucks. That's uh actually I think that's okay. The way they have like two different versions, but the, they don't really distinguish them that well in the art style, so they look exactly the same. Those are those are cheaper. Undertale's on sale, Bloodborne's on sale, Final Fantasy 12 Zodiac Age is on sale, FF9 is on sale. That's wow, FF9 really was uh was it remastered on PS4 or is it just I don't. I don't. Know. It might have been. I think it was just a port. I don't think they did any kind of like. Because that's expensive. No, they they did remaster it. They changed the backgrounds on okay. it. Okay, I was gonna oh, say because right. it's it's twenty one dollars right. normally. I'm like that is pricey. Yeah, they they changed all the backgrounds and updated the backgrounds, and I didn't think it was any like big update until I saw the side by side, and they actually did like update a lot of stuff. Yeah, it de- it definitely looks like some of the character models like they look like still there's still the low polygon count, but they're clear like for yeah. a 4K yeah. TV. So yeah. it, they did they did basically it looks like when Resident Evil Four came to to PS4, it was like it wasn't a remaster. It was just like it just doesn't look like total trash in a, on a big screen TV. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's on sale because I was like, yeah, damn, that's freaking a lot of money. And then, yeah, you got the Castlevania Requiem is on sale. A bunch of stuff. Trials of Mana. Definitely check it out. And this this sale ends on the, I believe it's the 12th or the 14th. Let's see. It's the 12th. So on Wednesday, May 12th, 
It's my birthday. It uh, it expires. The Force is also on sale right now too. Uh, you can get that. Uh, there's a couple of deals. There's games under twenty that also ends on the twelfth. It's got a bunch of stuff on there. So Star Wars Jedi Fallen Orders on sale right now, and they also announced that that game will be getting a free PS5 and Xbox Series upgrade for all current owners, and that'll be happening in the summer. So if you're looking to play that or you want to play it down the line, you know, you could get it now. So at on the cheap and then come the summer, by the time either you get an Xbox or a PS5 and you want to play an enhanced version of Jedi Fallen Order, you can do that. So I'd definitely check that out. And the other standouts from the deal, all the like the Star Wars Battlefront, Division 2 is on sale again. Witcher 3, like always, is on sale. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is always on sale. Watch Dogs 2, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, Far Cry 4 is on sale. ton of stuff. Um, there's also, I noticed, I... I didn't even realize it released on PlayStation, but Unrailed is also on sale. Oh, I didn't know that was on console. Yeah, me neither. I saw on a it, it was I saw YouTube recommended a top ten games that are on sale on PlayStation Store. And I was like, you know what? I I don't watch these, but I'm like, there's always so much, and they usually only put the AAA stuff up in front. I don't have time to dig through. I'm like, let's mm-hmm. click this, and it's like, oh, here's the games. Yeah, this and that, the forest, and it's like Unrailed. I was like, Unrailed is on console, hmm. and. I guess it came out on in September 2020. I totally missed it. I was like, that's a game I want to play. And it's 10 bucks. I feel like we should all get that and then play that together and then get frustrated. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds like a that good sounds... time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's one of the like, oh, you can put down the track, put down the track. I uh-huh. need more wood. Come on. Don't know. You can't go into the mountain. No. God damn it, Zaya. It. You blocked it. You've killed us. Why did you put the ghost cart up there? I can't go through now. I'm stuck. Uh-huh. The cows. Get the water. <laughs> but Because, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to play that game. That'd be fun. And look at that. It's only 10 bucks. I added it to my wish list. I'll probably end up buying it. It's also super tiny. It's only 343 megabytes. So I'm good there. Uh, and then also Relic, uh, Relicta. Relicta, I guess that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. That's a game. It's a puzzle, first-person puzzle game. Uh, that came out in August of 2020. I think it got okay reviews. I was interested in it, but I didn't buy it at the time. But it's on sale. It's only 9 bucks, So I'm going to pick that up and probably play that at some point. Maybe after Returnal. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it looks like fun. But yeah, I definitely want to play Unreal. I feel like that'd be a fun game to play. Yeah, and then that's it for the deals. Again, there's some other stuff in there. Dan. Like I said, there's a lot of usual suspects that end up showing up. And of course, everything that's on sale that's third party is, of course, on sale on the Xbox as well. I'm not sure what the Xbox first party games are, are being offered on that platform's discount site. I didn't look into that. Uh, and then, yeah, moving on from the deals that happened. some There's some delays we got to go over and some other things as well. So... Resident Evil Arc- get it out of the way early. What? That got delayed? <laughs> yeah. Well, this this you won't care about. So the, the Resident Evil RE-verse, which was the multiplayer portion of Resident Evil that was showcased a while back, the beta happened recently, and they had to postpone it because there were some problems, I guess, server-wise. And they just had a beta, but they're going to postpone the launch of that. Uh, it's going to come out instead in the summer. It was supposed to come out uh, sooner on May 7th, the same date as Resident Evil Village, but it got delayed. So I'm assuming they're working probably on the network end of that to make sure it, it uh, you know, gets fixed. Then the Watch Dogs Legion uh, title update 4.0 and the mind controlling new hero has been delayed till May. Uh, May, well, it's already May now. This is, of course, from earlier in the week. I'm trying to see the exact date. I wish they would put it on top. Oh, they don't say. Just some time in May. So that 
that update and oh it's just uh may 4th so that's right around the corner that's by the time this podcast posts that update will be available mm-hmm. tell it before i'm waiting for that the aiden pierce uh, dlc so i can get in there and check that out but yeah i, I don't know when when that's going to happen i'll have to reinstall watchdogs so i could play that but yeah there's that and then we also had I'm trying to think the playstation plus games for may which everybody should probably know by now since this was announced earlier or late in the week so ps5 gets Wreckfest, drive hard die last and then ps4 gets battlefield 5 and stranded deep Wreckfest, uh, i think was supposed to be a pretty good fun destruction derby game i never played it but it's supposed to be pretty decent. I've seen people play it before on like uh, Let's Plays and people play it on Twitch and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's supposed to be pretty fun. And then, of course, yeah, Battlefield 5. That kind of makes sense since this year is going to have Battlefield 6 coming out at some point. It should be revealed soon. The leaks are already happening. So that's got to be coming up. Probably they're going to do their EA Play closer to the E3 event. Yeah, Stranded Deep. I don't know if I'll get that. I'll probably add to my library. I don't want to play it because I... Maybe if it gets enough updates to it, I'll play it. But right now, it just seems kind of, from what I've seen, it just doesn't seem as uh, involved as I would like it to be. Is it still like an early release or like early access kind of thing? Or there's just not a lot of depth to it yet, but it's going to be updated? When it first came out, it was like, it had some stuff, wasn't there. And they updated some more with some more content. And I there's this one YouTuber who I watch who does a lot of, survival games uh, he'll play and he was like someone i he was huge with the forest and he plays a bunch of other stuff and some horror games as well but he played stranded deep and he kind of talked about the the new content that was added and stuff he liked he didn't like and it just seemed like yeah it was in the right direction it just needed a little bit more but i think it's also a you know it's a game that's fun co-op so if you don't you know even if like all that content's not quite there you can still uh have a lot of fun doing mm-hmm. what you can do with uh, some friends. Then we had news that Konami is apparently not attending E3 this year, even though they said they were going to. You know, they said, due to timing, we will not be ready to present at E3 this year. We want to reassure our fans that we are in deep development on a number of key projects, so please stay tuned for some updates in the coming <laughs> months. Oh, Konami. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, Unfortunately, like I figured, like if you're, I guess if you want to join, you would announce ahead of time so people are excited. But then to, mm-hmm. you know, say you're not going to be there a little while later. So when everybody's like kind of over Konami, they're just like, hey, we're not going to be there. Everybody's like, we don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> I think at this point, the biggest hope I have for Konami is that they'll sell some of their IPs to other companies. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't really trust Konami to make any really any games anymore um they seem to be largely shifting away i know that you talked previously about how like they still brought in a ton of money from their gaming division i really want to see the breakdown of that to know if that includes pachinko machines but i i would love for them to sell like the silent hill ip off yeah yeah well they say they're working on a number of key projects so i'm really curious what that's going to be like is it all those ips that people wish they could sell like people always talk about like oh i'd love if sony bought the rights to metal gear and Maybe talk to Kojima to make another one, even though don't make Kojima make another one. Mm-hmm. Like, just or just leave Metal Gear alone. But yeah, who knows what? Uh... I would even just like um, the end of five. 
that was supposed to be there. Yeah. So it could actually right. fucking end. Yeah, you can finish that Porsche story. Like, yeah. that was like everything else, like you wrapped up everything else, but then there goes Sahelanthropus off. This <laughs> is like, what? Where what? is that going? What where, is yeah, that doing? Where? What is the, what are they doing with it? Like, it's just gone. And they're just scabby. Okay, yeah. Yeah. See ya. Bye, I guess. Be careful with that kid with the mask. <laughs> but yeah, it's a. Uh, it's weird. Then we also had some stuff where Jim Ryan was talking. I think he was in an interview with. Let's see, oh no, sorry. This is a Sony CFO Hiroki Totoki uh, was talking about. It was an earnings call saying how Sony is basically going to be aggressively investing in its first party studios in the next year, and it kind of he gave a dollar value to. I'm trying to find the dollar value in the oh, uh, approximately 183 million year on year as we further strengthen our in-house software. So this is kind of, which of course you expect to see. I mean that of course you're going to invest in your your own studios. Mm-hmm. Makes total sense. Um, and then we had there was an interview with a screenwriting podcast where Neil Druckmann and Haley Gross were on it. And there was a lot of int- I listened to it instead of cuz I saw an article posted about it saying, "Oh, here's some key bits." And I was like, "Well, I want to listen to the whole podcast." It was only like 40, 50 minutes or something like that. So I listened to it and there was some interesting stuff in there with like some tidbits about how the reason the last of us movie kind of fell apart was because the producers and whatnot at the movie studios wanted it to have more action. And that just didn't kind of lend itself to the last of us to have these bigger action set pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the things. And so that was pretty interesting. They also mentioned how, slight differences in the ending and then that made it a little less ambiguous and then you know spoilers for last of part two for the next you know 40 seconds you can just look at the time codes because i i talk i label when we switch topics mm-hmm. but uh so in the end uh, ellie was going to pick up one of the kids like dolls like stuffed animals and then leave and they thought like well it kind of indicates that you know she's going back to jackson and we kind of want to leave a little more ambiguous, yada, yada. So we just didn't have her pick up uh, pick up the toy. And then the changes where she, Ellie, did kill Laura Bailey's character. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're like, later they saw like, you know, I think they had a, it was a, a writer's roundtable. And I think Neil was kind of like, what if Ellie doesn't? And then Haley was <laughs> like, that's an option? Oh my god! I gotta okay. Let me rework some stuff and look at it. And like, so then they kind of like change like the narrative, I guess, to to look at some things and kind of see like, okay, if we did this, what what could we do for character development that we can really tweak to make it work? And it was a uh, really interesting. And they also talked about how the other big thing was how they they have a skeleton script, like skeleton idea for what Last Part Three would be. And Neil made very clear they're not working on that <laughs> like <laughs> at all he says maybe he'd like to see that idea come to light in the future but he's like we're not working on that right now he's like it takes you know a lot of time sweat like it took seven years he spent thinking about last part two mm-hmm. and everything so it's like it's not like they're just suddenly going to come out with you know tv yeah. part three immediately it's just they have and it makes sense like you would have an idea like because you're when you're writing something you're like what if we did something next what would we do ah you know kind of do this mm-hmm. so it's i mean he he talked about how he he teased the idea like how he had ruminated on what last was part two would be way back in the day and then he just randomly told troy baker once after an award show like i have an idea i kind of want to run by you 
and like he told him the the basic outline of the story um and that was like you know way back in the day um so yeah we'll uh we'll see what happens there i'm, I'm curious what their next project will be but yeah it was a uh, pretty interesting tidbits listening to that that podcast uh and then we also had some sales for playstation 5 so we had talked about how you know it was the best-selling u.s console or fastest selling u.s console in history in both dollar and units and then we also got official numbers that the playstation 5 has sold 7.8 million units in its first fiscal year on sale uh which beats ps4's 7.6 million units sold in the same period which i believe held the previous record so it's doing very well selling every unit they can produce so that's good to see and of course i'm i'm Xbox is obviously in the same situation. They're they're selling well. They haven't put out numbers. They put out revenue, but they don't put out numbers, which is a little mm. frustrating. But you figured if they were doing big stuff, they would say it. So, but I'm sure because they're in the same. I mean, shortage. They're, they're still selling out all of their stuff as well. So I'm sure they're doing decently. But it's yeah, if they're not putting out numbers, it's probably a little bit of a try to skew the mm-hmm. impression kind of thing. I mean, yeah, and they stopped doing numbers way back in Xbox. One, because it was like they were not, I mean, estimates put them at, I think like in 2019, maybe in 2020, it was like 38 million versus PS4's 106 or whatever. Like it was really low. They never really recovered. They didn't recover nearly as well as the PS3 did versus Xbox 360. But yeah, it's, I'm, I do notice though, just anecdotally, I'm sure, I don't know if, you know, don't take it as gospel, obviously, but I do see Xbox Series S's on sale for much longer than the Series X. Like whenever there's a restock, I feel like, you know, oh, there's a tweet from an hour ago. It's like, hey, you know, this console is on stock on sale here. And like, I'll just happen to go to the place, like it, especially like the Microsoft store and be like, oh, what do you, you want? The X is in there, but there's a Series S. You want an S? I feel like those are a little easier to get, which kind of makes sense if the hardcore fan base is only wants to buy up the more powerful console mm-hmm. and not the lesser so it, it is interesting to see like i'm and especially because they at least at launch the ratio of the s to x was super low like it was very low like it'd be like oh we have 14 xbox series x's and we have three s's sometimes maybe four like it was, it was crazy. Like they didn't have that many S consoles at launch. I'm really curious what that manufacturing pipeline looks like for how much they're devoting to to each console uh, on the production line. Because at least for Sony, like the only variance is one has a disc drive and you have a different faceplate you put on it, which is just in their case a mirrored faceplate of the left side. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, just flip it. That's got to be pretty easy. And then again, yeah, you don't have the disk drive. So there's just a little bit of difference in the body design. So it's not that crazy. The internals are still all the same, just the drive. So it's, I, w- I wish I could see those numbers uh, and just to see how, how they're splitting. But yeah, it's uh, good for both companies, at least that they're moving everything. Uh, going back to delays, Fall Guys got delayed on Switch and Xbox, but the delay happened. That way they could incorporate crossplay. Mm-hmm. So they were, you know, previously announced that summer 2021 would be on Switch and Xbox, but unfortunately it was just too soon for them. This is according to Mediatonic, obviously. 
um, and they said they will be delaying it. They didn't give an exact date on when that delay will be, but I'm sure they will announce it once they get a little bit closer. So, but at least, yeah, you know, cross play. Like if you're going to delay and then include include another feature, especially like cross play, I feel like that's a that's a good thing to delay, like to delay it for as well. Like you know, we might as well wait until this thing gets done because then you have such a huge player base on PlayStation, anyways. Mm-hmm. And they said that to... they're adding so many new things to it soon anyway it wouldn't yeah. make sense to put like the inferior version with and not be able to implement crossplay because it wouldn't have those features so they're just waiting until they can put everything out right yeah you you want to have parity if you're gonna yeah. release especially because it's not a free-to-play game it's mm-hmm. like you you want to have all that content there so that's right you just gotta wait a little bit more and then the last bit of news is just a list of the upcoming games, you know, we, we usually talk about upcoming games. We t- I think the last time we did it was before the beginning of this year. But we thought we'd just kind of recap some of the games that are coming up. So we've already had Returnal. So this is just May games that are releasing, uh, again, the next couple months. So Returnal just came out. Resident Evil Village Course is on May 7th. Hood Outlaws and Legends is on May 10th. I'm really curious to see how that, how that reviews. Mass Effect Legendary Edition is on May 14th. Subnautica Below Zero is on May 14th. Uh, Rust Console Edition is on the 21st. Biomutant is on the 25th. Then we have, let's see, in June. I'm trying to see if there's anything big in June because I didn't actually pre-look at this list. Uh, the Elder Scrolls Online Collection Blackwood comes out on the 8th. Then we have FF7 Remake Integrate is on the 10th. Then Ninja Gaiden Master Collection is on the 10th as well. I know some people are looking forward to that. Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is on the 11th. Back for Blood is on the 22nd. Solar Ash is still to be announced in June. So we'll see when Solar Ash comes out. And then July it has unknown dates for Little Devil Inside. August, of course, has Kena Bridge of Spirits on the 24th. And then Deathloop is September 14th. Tales of Arise is September 10th. And Ghostwire Tokyo is in October. And Stray is also in October. So we have two TBAs for October with Stray and Ghostwire Tokyo. So, man, I didn't realize exactly how much comes out in May. I was like, good God. Like, there's even more stuff I didn't touch on, like King of Seas, Knockout City, Aerial Knights, Never Yield. There's a lot of games coming out. There's enough that, like, that drought of games is going to be over and we're going to have shit to play for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. thankfully in May, there's only two things I'm buying and then two things I'm interested in because I'm going to get Resident Evil and then I'm going to get Subnautica. But I'm curious how Rust is going to perform on console and then I'm interested in Biomutant. But I'm for me, that's currently a wait and see. So at least Resident Evil comes out on, again on the 7th and then I have until the 14th to play Subnautica. And I'm sure I'll beat, if I can give enough time, I'll beat Resident Evil before Subnautica. And then, yeah, it's all the big stuff starting in the beginning of June. Of course, you got... I'm glad Back for Blood's at the back end of June and not the beginning so I can play Ratchet and Clank at least. But, uh, and yeah, that's the uh, the news. The only other thing that was, of course, we had the state of play for, speaking of Ratchet and Clank, for that game earlier this week. I don't know if you guys... Well, not earlier, it was on Thursday, I believe. Did any, either of you watch the uh, state of play? I did not actually know there was one. I totally forgot because we are. They awesome. always have it while I'm at work. They won't have it on the day before when I'm off work, so I always forget to watch it when I get home. 
yeah, it looks real good. And the, I, it, there was one point where it made me kind of not upset, but a little, you know, sad that I didn't actually play the OG games is because there's one part where Mark Smith says there's a lot of alternative worlds from previous iteration or from previous games. So it's like, I guess planets or places you visited in previous Ratchet Clank games, there's like the alternate universe version of them in this game that you can see and explore. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. That's like the one thing as, you know, a new fan, essentially, I won't be able to experience or notice. Like, oh, this is that level from level four from the second Ratchet Clank. Oh, yeah, just like those little things. Yeah, like just, you know, not being able to enjoy that experience as much as someone who's, you know, has experience with those games. But yeah, it looks real good. Ray Ray tracing looks nice. The, uh, The weapons look like a lot of fun. Great special effects uh and yeah it just it looks real good i'm there is one part i said part weird there is one part where (laughs) there's like they show it's kind of like a a mini boss fight and all of a sudden this rift opens up and you teleport to the dimension area and then you teleport to like an entirely another world and he says it's not just an arena he says like it's the entire other level like that loads in now that sounds cool but you are also fighting this like mini boss. So, cause he ends up following you along as well. And I'm like, okay, but can, does that mean that I could just run away from the mini boss all the way across the level? Like, that's what I want to test. Like, is this really the whole level or am I still stuck in a boss arena that I can't leave because I got to fight this guy? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it sounds cool on paper, but how true is it? But yeah, it, it looks real good. I'm, Definitely forward to it. They have like a the photo mode looks really good. You can put all these point lights on it. It's real nice. Uh, and then they have a lot of they kind of sped through the accessibility options they have, and it looks like they're kind of taking a playbook out of Last of Us Part Two, where they definitely have some like great colorblind options or and other visual enhancements for people. Mm-hmm. So it looks and they said they'll go into more details later. It was like a super speed, and then they show like a quick. It's that one help helpful mode where it's like the world's in grayscale, but interactable objects are like one specific color and other objects are another specific color to kind of identify and be able to see like, okay, mm. this is like a Tilu has that um, as well. Yeah. So it, it looks like they're definitely, they're definitely going there, which is nice to see that more games are, are taking that accessibility uh, approach. Yeah. It's nice to see that they're actually putting in the effort. Yeah. I know that when Naughty Dog did, they like, they, they had someone from the, I think it was from, able gamers who came on board and helped them kind of design some of the accessibility options. So, or maybe it was from another, another like charity program. I, I think it was from, it was from someone, but like someone from that community, uh, help them out to kind of design stuff and kind of run it by them. Like, Hey, what about this? What about this? Yeah. People who are actually going to use the features. Yeah. Or, or who, you know, strong people are strong advocates for, accessibility for for gamers uh, mm-hmm. with disabilities and whatnot so it's it's nice to see uh and yeah uh that's basically it there were some other small things but you can go ahead and they weren't anything i was really interested in talking about uh the last thing i do that's not really news related more like before we jump into what we're playing i listened to or so ars technica has this series i've talked about it before but i think it was on the previous podcast so for those obviously who didn't listen to it. There's Ars Technic does this great series called War Stories where they talk to game developers who talk about something they've worked on 
and they talk about like a really difficult development hurdle they had to get over. Uh, they did one with Glenn Schofield with Dead Space. That was really tough. I believe it was uh, the tentacle arm that grabs you in Dead Space. Like it was really hard to get that to work. Uh, and then there's some other things as well. And they had one with Lauren Lanning where he talked about the original Oddworld on PlayStation. And it was like a 23-minute, 30-minute interview. And I remember watching it way back in in 2020. Uh, I believe it was like in March 2020 is when that one came out. But apparently there was this extended interview that was three hours with Lauren Lanning. And I'm like, because that dude can can tell a story. (laughs) And I'm like, I need to watch this. So like I watched it while I played uh, Oddworld Soulstorm. And I meant Lauren's like one of my favorite developers i because he, he he comes from a movie background where he worked at rhythm and hughes which was a animation studio that was kind of rivaling pixar and they're trying to beat them to market with the first animated film of course pixar got there first with toy story but he he had it's a great interview to listen to but he talks about the first uh the first game i'm, I'm trying to read here the this problem they had so when the original, and I never knew this because, of course, this is back in you know the '90s. I'm not reading game magazines. There's no YouTube, no podcast. No one's covering this sh- this stuff really. Mm-hmm. But he talked about when they so <clears throat> they're working on Oddworld, and they're they're getting it ready. They're crun- you know they're crunching. They're doing all this stuff. They finally get it. They press it. They send it. They ship it. And they send it off to go get uh, manufactured. The night before. They found a class A bug on the gold disc, which is oh, essentially shit. like, you know, class A, it's crashed. Like this is this is the worst bug you can have. Like it it just crashes the game, crush it. This is a big problem. Mm-hmm. So they tried to stop it. They called GT Interactive, who was the publisher, uh, in New York, and they they were on the West Coast. So it's like they, they called it's like late night, like you gotta stop it. You have you, you can't let this go through, you need to get it done. Uh, we gotta finish like, okay, okay, we'll stop it. We won't happen. It's like, okay, so they worked they overnight, they crunched it out they fixed it they burned the new disc new disc they shipped it out someone in the sales department got the first gold disc played it for a moment thought it good they sent it off to be manufactured so it goes out the first five hundred thousand units go out with this class a bug and there's nothing they can do about it and it's like there's this big problem and it's like so and he talks like great it's like there's this it's just you just the first five hundred thousand units like they can't it's like they're done then the other thing that had the other problem he had was that <clears throat> so Lorne had all approval. Uh, he was the person who had to approve everything from marking materials and whatnot. It had to run through him. And I believe uh, oh, I forget her name. Oh my God. She's the producer at Otterworld Inhabitants. Uh, Sher- Sherry, Sherry McKinnon. Um, and like longtime uh, business partner with Lorne. So everything had to be run by him. The strategy guide, no one ran it by him. And so fans, people who've played Oddworld or even New and Tasty, there's so there's all these secret areas in that game, right? You, you know, Isley, you played the first Oddworld. Yeah. Like you know a lot of secret areas. Yeah. You know, hidden off screen, like there's a barrel in the foreground and the drop down points behind the barrel, so you don't know like you can hear sound indicate clues that there's something there, but you don't know it's there. Yeah. So <clears throat> he talked about how he hit, you know, I hit all these secret areas in the game, kind of like a it's a replay thing, like, oh, you won't find them, but maybe when you go back to the game, you will. And because, of course, when I first beat the game, like, there's, like, 26 Mudokans in Rupture Farms before you escape. And, like, once you leave, whoever's not saved dies. And there's, like, oh, how did I lose so many Mudokans? I only, I saved it when I found. It's, like, because there's all these secret areas. So the strategy guide 
tells you about the very first one, which is right at the start of the game, which is also, as he puts it, the hardest puzzle like or section to do in the game. And he's like, you were never supposed to do this at the beginning. Like it was always something you do. Like once you beat the game, you got all the mechanics and timings down. Like you'd come back and you do this really challenging thing, but you'd be able to do it. So the strategy guide tells everybody about this. They play it. They can't beat it. They get stopped. This game sucks. They return it. So they like, you have all these people that play this game, but they can't beat this first section because the strategy guide told them about, Hey, go to the secret spot. They can't do it. And they return the game because it's too hard. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, He's like, he's like GameStop selling these strategy guides. And it's like, it's like, no, nah, it's like, it's a lot of people just stop playing it because of it. And it's like, so they had this classy bug. They had a strategy guide issue. He's like, blah, blah. And then he talks about how they were the only ones to hit Christmas. Um, all the people that GT was publishing, it was, they were Rockstar. Um, I don't know what game Rockstar was working on back in the mid nineties. Rockstar, uh, id, I think. Like a bunch of a bunch of these big players, right? They didn't make Christmas, so Oddworld was the only one to make Christmas, and it actually it did sell really well despite the Class A bug and the strategy guide issue. People returned, like it it sold well because of that. GT pushed them to work on a sequel and get it out next Christmas, and so like that was one of the reasons why he wanted to make Soulstorm because he didn't get to make his original vision of that sequel because they had to rush it out in a year. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, that was he's like so. They couldn't tell the story they wanted. Uh, and he's like, and the second launch went even worse. He's like, game. so the second launch had another problem as well. So the games got stuck in a warehouse in New Jersey that had got acquired by a new company. Um, I heard they about this. They weren't the only ones affected. This before. This is like a gaming, like urban legend kind of thing, but it actually happened. Yeah, this is, and it wasn't just odd one happens this was multiple game studios had games that were stuck in this warehouse mm-hmm. and the and his friends got like hey i heard your game sold out congrats he's like yeah because they had one copy and he's like <laughs> he's like and it, it's just like this insane story it's and it, it's so good like i i you should just put on and because he, he talked about so much stuff like before he even gets to odd world like he worked with for this company i forget what it was but they did animatics for projects proposed for Reagan Star Wars. And like just they would, you know, because obviously if the military or people are going to design these weapon systems, it the ones that had a previs to show what it looks like, typically are the ones that got funded by the government because they can actually see it. So he was at a company that designed that. Um, he goes, you know, even though I'm a I'm a pacifist and a lot of people actually actually were, it's like you gotta make a living. Like, you know, I need mm-hmm. I need something to do. And his just insight into the industry, like before he gets there, just working and seeing the technology that they had to do these previses and you know, looking at like Moore's Law and like seeing like, okay, if the technology's here, that means games are gonna get to this point at this time. He's like, and so then he starts kind of shifting from wanting to make animated movies to one making video games. And he even talks about how like Back in the day, oh, there was some oh, guy from Japan. I forget who he was. He was like the richest guy in Japan. And back in the day, he like there were all these, uh, what was it, pong machines? Or yeah, I think there were pong machines, like table machines that you can play against other people. Just sitting in a warehouse in Japan, like manufactured, like they weren't. No one was using them. Either pong wasn't that good anymore in Japan, or there's something new coming. I forget what. So this richest guy in Japan, whatever the time, like buys all these machines and brings them to the U.S. And that's how it kind of like it put him in these in these places, in these arcades and whatnot. Uh, and he he talked to me. He's like, you know, what was the you know? I, I think he said like, asked like, what was the reason like you know kind of do this? He's like, I was to meet women. <laughs> he can he <laughs> could play pong. You just meet a bunch of women while you're playing video games. Uh, but it was like really interesting. And Lawrence got these 
fascinating stories, man. They're they're really good. You really kind of learn like the themes of Oddworld with just the the nature aspects and the industrialization and stuff like that and just mass production and extinction stuff like that like you listen to him talk about his work experiences as well as everything else he did like you can see how it really inspired this uh oh it, the best when he tells a story about uh i'm sitting there i'm looking at this this painting and i light up this doobie you know like and he starts smoking weed and then he goes all of a sudden i see it the painting just starts moving like in this wave and i get this idea and i'm like Okay, and I kind of like is the precursor for how you get this idea for Oddworld. <laughs> it's like <laughs> make these moving screens, you know, because we can't do 3D because the technology's not there. It's not there, but I can do these still screens where they look really good and they transition. And it, again, it's you can look it up. It's on Ars Technica. It's again a three hour interview. It's and it's a video, so you can watch it. And and Lauren's just he, I that guy, I love that guy. He's so fascinating. And then I he was also on a interview with the Game Maker's Notebook which is by the AIHS or AS, the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, where they interview, like Ted Price interviews is a bunch of game devs or music people in the game industry and stuff like that. And Lauren was just on one recently with Ted Price. And it was like two hours. And I listened to that. Like it was right after I finished the, the three hour one. And then someone on Twitter said, oh, there's another interview with Lauren here on YouTube. And it's like another two hour something like, <laughs> i gotta listen because i just i i can listen to this guy talk for ever like it lawrence he's he's so fascinating but i definitely check it out good stuff in there uh, but yeah all right i'll stop rambling about <laughs> how much i like this guy but uh all right well let's uh move on then why don't we go ahead and jump into what you've been playing i assume because discord always rats you out that hey. you're still playing 14 hey, hey. That's right on me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing Bolger right now. <laughs> I'm literally active. I'm not just like sitting AFK. I'm literally actively playing. I wouldn't know anything about that. That's really rude, Zai. <laughs> Are you still playing? Uh, or You said you got Michael to play. Are you having him go through the content? Um, no, he was getting kind of caught up with like, um, oh, I'm going to die. Uh-oh. Um, he was just getting, kind of getting caught up in some of the story stuff. And then I started soloing things just because and then i didn't even realize that he had never finished uh finding coil because i just assumed because i finished it at a time when we were still playing we had both finished it but we didn't because now i remember that i had like a group i was doing it with so i just took him through that because i mean if you're gonna do like one raid in the game it has to be finding coil it's so fucking good Mm -hmm. when did when did he drop off playing 14? Like, did you both like take a break at the same time and you're the only one that came back or did he just lose interest in 14? Probably, honestly, probably around heaven's word, maybe even before that, because I remember that I played most of heaven's word without him. I didn't really drop off of it for like any extended amount of time. I kind of like take breaks from it for a couple months or so at a time, but I've been, I mean, I've been subbed to it since you could sub to the game even during 1.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, yeah, he kind of like, even with Heaven's Word, I think he tends to play it in large bursts. We did play, we did play Shadowbringers together um, when that came out. I hear the little clicking in the background, and I'm <laughs> just kind of trying not to laugh because it's like I hear click, 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 pause for speech. 
click, click, click. <laughs> the problem is I'm playing Dragoon and I don't know how to play Dragoon. So <laughs> we did, you know, because I, I don't really remember too, because I, I've played everything as it comes out when it comes out. I've never really taken massive breaks where I miss patches or anything like that. Even if I'm taking a break, I'll come back and play the patch. And then I'll usually play it for a few weeks. And depending on what I'm doing, I might drop off of it again or something like that. When Michael plays, he tends to play in like big bursts where he'll play multiple patches, especially with this one. But um, with Shadowbringers, we played the main part of it together. And then I don't think he played again until like 5.3. And so he was just trying to get caught up before the digital fan fest, which is in a couple weeks. So he wanted to get caught up on story stuff. And then I, I distracted him by taking him through Binding Coil and was like, this is, you have to do this. This is amazing. Okay. So he just kind of plays like once there's <clears throat> a bunch of content kind of queued up and then kind of goes through it. Yeah. Especially since he's been in school, he doesn't have like tons of free time to commit to an MMO anymore. So right. but maybe with being out of school, he's almost done with school. So maybe that'll change. But, but yeah, he just not to the extent that I will play it. And he doesn't, whenever he comes back, he doesn't do like, we did a little bit of like the Eden raid, but he doesn't really do like the 24 mans or the, the full party raids or anything like that, or the grind, like the tombstone grinding or anything like that. Usually when he comes back, I just buy whatever crafted gear is available for him. Like here's some gear so that you could get into the dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess if you, <clears throat> if you don't do any of that, you know, do your daily your dailies and, and yeah. do these quests here and farm your stuff is like, as long as you can still get, you know, enough levels or progression to be able to do the story content and then also be able to get the gear relatively easily to make it mm -hmm. to where you're not just a, a paper bag. Then yeah, there's, there's a lot of those MMO extras that you can really just skip out on. Cause you don't need it. You're not leveling up a, you know, <clears throat> a, tr uh, a skill. You're not doing like goldsmith or, or culinary stuff you're not doing any of that uh, yeah and 14 in particular is really good about that type of player who maybe doesn't play every patch or will come back and play a few patches or do some minor stuff every now and then so even the gear requirements for the story stuff they're not too strict and you can get by with like a couple upgrades here and there and then just kind of get through it especially now with the trust system so you don't have to worry about like getting harassed by assholes or like waiting for parties or slowing down parties or anything like that. You can just go in with the trust system and do the story if you want to do that. Yeah. So it's really good about that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think my, my cousin finally got the, he's in the PS5 babies and playing mm -hmm. uh, a bit as well. And then, yeah, I, I haven't gone back yet to, to try out more of it, but it's still, uh, it's still installed. I'm just going to make sure I cancel the sub. So it doesn't, re-put me down for another month and i don't know what they did when they did the ps5 update because one of the things that they touted about the ps5 in particular was the fast load times but i have that on pc my load times are way faster now than they used to be even with my setup and my ssd and everything it's almost instantaneous like it is on the ps5 so they did something actually like with the game or on the back end on the server end or something that make it load a lot faster. Yeah. I'm wondering too, if it's like, <clears throat> it's like, yeah, it's faster, but they're really, it's more in comparison to the PS4 version, not necessarily the PC version. 
because uh, I, since I'd mm-hmm. imagine the PC should have been able to load pretty quick anyways, because you got SSDs on the PC and whatnot. Yeah, it was already quick. I was always kind of one of the first ones into dungeons and stuff like that, but it's you can you could really tell, especially when going into like twenty four mans and stuff. You'll be in the dungeon before it finishes telling you you're in a full party or whatever, and people are like popping in around you. Yeah, you can. It's like in uh, when Flash and I would play like Division. If he there's you can there's like a I forget what they call it. Like it's kind of like a mentor thing in that game where you can queue up for people that request backup, like need help. Usually new players or yeah. People do it in like the raids sometimes, not the raids, but the uh, legendary missions are like, oh, someone dropped. We need another one. So but I call for for help and you can join those. And like he can always tell when he's playing against people who are playing on PS4 because when they have to fast travel somewhere, like he gets there before they do. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like waiting for them and they show up. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I didn't actually try to time the fast travel and did it. I only warped a couple times uh, mainly because I didn't want to go back to Gridania. <laughs> uh, so that was the only free teleport and when i died i i don't remember how fast it was but uh, what about you is it what are you playing uh well i had to put outriders down for a little bit since they released a patch recently that um kind of busted the game for everyone that already had gear so they they released a patch that was meant to fix a lot of bugs and instead it broke a lot of mods for weapons and armor and also made it so that your existing armor had half the protective value. Mm. So armor you get as drops has the full value, but armor you already had with, you know, your God rolls or the mods that you want on them has half the protective value. So um, I get one shot by literally anything that hits me now. So I was just kind of like, I'm just, yeah, I was like, I don't want to farm new armor because it took a while to get that. So I was like, I'm just going to set this aside for a little bit. And I was like, I already got the platinum on the game. Um, I feel bad because it's like, I actually really enjoy Outriders, but man, it's, it is not a triple A game. It reminds me of Dragon's Dogma where it's like, I love the game. I think it has a shit ton of potential and it's really cool, but I would be lying if I said that the game was like polished or well thought out and stuff. It just is not. Yeah, it's it's uh it's unfortunate like seeing how much how many issues they've been having. I think because it's a online game specifically, like if it if it wasn't uh I feel like they would have it be a little easier. But yeah, it, it's it's got to be rough, especially cuz I don't think they've done a game that's like this where it has loot and you know, loot tables and whatnot and these mechanics cuz you know, they they put out stuff like uh Bulletstorm which had no problems on PS3, but that's just a single player game. And that's got, you know, a lot of great f- shooting mechanics and the whip and all the, the stunt kills you can do in that game. You know, kill with skill, as Cliffy B would always say. Um, <laughs> and then you got, you know, Steve Bloom and Jennifer Hale just yelling expletives all the time. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I really like the game. It's just, yeah, they they have a lot of issues with it being multiplayer right. and with patches and stuff. And it's very clearly like the first game of this type that they've tried making. And yeah. honestly, I think they did a great job on like the game actually being fun, which a lot of games miss. But holy fuck, they're like basic things like they patch on Fridays and then they go home for the weekend, which um, if you do that in their major game breaking bugs on a Friday, it means people can't play your game over the weekend, which is what happened with this one. Like instead of patching on a Monday and letting, you know, 
letting people work it out through the week or whatever. So it's, it's little stuff. And I just, I'm not interested in farming new gear right now. So I'd rather wait for them to fix the stuff. And I will, I'm sure go back to it and play it again later because I don't feel like I'm quite done with it yet, but um, it, it needs polish. It's definitely a solid, like a very fun six or seven out of 10 game. Yeah. I, I hope it, it, it picks up uh, on their end as far as being able to get things under control and, and get it going. Cause yeah, it's definitely a game that I hope succeeds financially and that they can continue doing content for. Cause I would love to have more content. And like, it's, it's something I was like, Oh, I would like to go back and, you know, play it, run some more mm-hmm. expeditions and stuff and get up to that end thing. And I want to do that last exposition in the storm. Like I want to, I just want to see what's there. And yeah, it is, it is fun. It's a game I had a ton of fun playing through the entire campaign co-op. It was real good. I enjoyed that, that loop grind. I liked the, the sci-fi idea, everything. I like the story. It's just, yeah, I, I, it's rough when you see all these, you know, minor bugs that keep popping up. You kind of hope that, hope that can get fixed. Uh, Like they're not quite, they're not quite able to actually do the balancing because they'll patch something and be like, okay, it's done, but it actually has broken something else that they haven't tested for. Like an example was they, they patched one mod so there was a mod that everyone was using that when you went below 30% of your health, it gave you super armor. But then when you went over 30% of your health, it it never removed the super armor. And oh. there were a bunch of other mods that behave similarly, but give you other bonuses like damage or health. And all of the mods, that like they fixed the one mod that gave you super armor, but then somehow situationally, they broke all of the other mods that give you bonuses to your stats when you perform X action. Yeah. So it's like, so they fixed the one thing, but somehow in the process of fixing that one thing, now certain other mods don't give you any health or defense or firepower. And it, it was like a lot of bugs like that introduced to it. So it definitely just... I, I'm not a game developer, but it definitely just seems like they're in a bit over their head. Like they have really good ideas and they know how to make a fun game, but they're a bit in over their head with the actual execution of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if they were in, you know, cause they're under square, if they were under like some other company, like, you know, like part of EA or something or, you know, some other or Activision, like some, some publisher that has a lot of studios that have worked with online stuff and balancing and updates and things. I feel like they can probably get a lot of support from those studios be like, Hey, hi, how do you guys fix this issue when you have it kind of cover, you know, what do you do there? Or they work with, you know, some other tools that a lot of people use within that umbrella. But yeah. Yeah. uh, Like they're just kind of, there's a lot of knowledge out there about how to patch an online game, but they don't have that accessible to them. Yeah. They're just yeah. kind of having to figure it out, which, you know, I feel, I feel that. Yeah. It, it's again, I, I hope they, uh, hope they get it, uh, turn mm-hmm. out. Yeah. It's definitely a two steps forward, one step back kind of yeah. situation. So yeah. I'm still enjoying the game. I still like it a lot. I definitely think it's a solid six out of 10 or seven out of 10, but it's like, it's, it's a very fun six out of 10. Like I very greatly enjoyed my time with it, but the game is massively needs polish and i would still recommend it to people uh just maybe give it like a month it's the arc effect 
Yeah. This yeah. game is broken and it sucks, but I've still put 3000 hours into it. Exactly. Like <laughs> I, I can't I can't really complain too much because I've put I've put a ton of time into this game already. I like running it. I like logging in and just playing for like half an hour or an hour and then logging out. Like mm-hmm. I'm getting a shit ton of time out of this game and I love playing it. But it's broken as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like PUBG. Back when that came out. Yeah. Yeah. Very uh there's a theme with that. Everybody can see the potential, but it just needs help. Somebody yep. help these poor people. Yeah, I uh I finished Soulstorm the other day. I cause I wanted to finish it before Returnal came out, so I finished it on Friday. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed the game, had a lot of fun. They they did patch that, you know, I talked about in ep- I think last episode how the hitbox for the the monkey bars essentially is what they were. I was trying to think of what mm-hmm. do I call these things? Like they're, they're monkey bars. Um, the hitbox for them was kind of, was really off. Uh, and they, they said that they fixed them in a patch note, but of course I was already past all the levels that kind of really had them. And I, the few that I ran into later on, I didn't have any problems. So I'm glad that got fixed, but yeah, I really enjoyed the game. It was fun to see the differences between it and the original Abe's Exodus, uh, especially to see like, cause I feel like in the first game, it was very much like at the start, Soulstorm brew was made from the bones of dead Mudokins. And like, that was the thing. Like he talks to like these, these spirits come to Abe and start talking to him. He's like, we need your help. He's like, do you know? So they're digging up your bones to make their brew. And like, Oh, of course we do. It's like, that's all we need you. So you gotta go <laughs> shut down these, the, the bone yard and all these places that doesn't seem like it was a big focus in it. Like that never comes up. So I don't like, that's not really there. The, it was funny that the, the tears, bit is still that's still part of the ingredients so that was interesting uh but yeah it's it's the cut man unity is a great looking game uh or in game engine like it it looks real good uh the cutscenes look fantastic like the materials and the the skin textures and everything like on the gluckins and their their suits like and aim just everybody looks real good mm-hmm. um and yeah it was just a I love the gameplay. The one thing I, I really liked about it is I talked about it before, I believe, but I just, I love that your items and your inventory reset every level. Cause it really incentivizes you to actually craft and use your items and not hoard them to the end game. It's like, it's, I mean, I still kind of hoarded cause I didn't really use a whole lot. Like I didn't need to, like for the most part, I didn't have to use a lot of the items they give you uh, cause you can kind of, you could still navigate around everything. It's just like some things will make it easier, but like it was just it was nice, kind of getting that relief of knowing that I don't have to hoard all this stuff. I could just use it because it's going to get taken away once I beat the level, anyways. Um, yeah. So that was real fun because then I was actually using stuff. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll use this thing or use that thing, and and the uh, and there are some things that like they they want to make sure you do use because like they'll there's these vending machines and they'll give some items away for free usually because it's required for a certain portion of that level so like oh okay we'll give you these ingredients for free in this spot or in it'll be cheap in another spot or like uh, they also put inventory limits on some of the vending machines as well so be like okay you can only get so many of these that way you're not just making like the most op items you can and and running with it but yeah yeah, it was a lot of fun I, i i really enjoyed it there are some some really fun like tough puzzle section and it, it was weird too because like or the, a big problem i had when i first started playing is i played it on classic difficulty initially where you know one hit you're done like, okay there's no health bars just classic odd world get one hit 
But the problem I had was in the first section, like where you're trying to escape, like from this cave system, there's all these slugs in the background shooting at you, but they don't shoot where you were. They shoot where you're going to be. So mm. it just made it really difficult to get through. So I like, after that, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to turn it down. I'm going to put it on normal. So I actually have a, a health bar. And I got through it. But then after that, it never mattered. Like, I could have played through the rest of the game on Classic and had no issue at all. And it was just like, it, it kind of bummed me out. Like, and not that there's any trophies tied to it, I don't think. Um, even though I'm not going to go for the Platinum. But it was just like, I didn't need to change the difficulty. Like, I could have been fine. Because anytime I die, like, I'm, I just straight up, I'm going to die. It's not like, oh, I took a little bit of hits. Like, there's maybe like a one time where I took a little bit. But it's like, I if I had died in that spot, it wouldn't have made a difference. Like I, the respawn was the, the checkpoint system in the game is very generous and also you can game it. So like the way they checkpoint it here is like, there's all these like signs up and they have like the logo for the Magog cartel, which is all the Gluckens. They run it. Uh, it's there's like a sign. And when Abram pa- runs past it, it puts a little blue Wudakin face for Abe. And every time you find one, when you find the next one, it resets the old one. So if you want, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm at a tough spot. There's a bunch of, you know, I got all these guys I got to save with me. I got to get through this section with all these slugs. This is going to be difficult. Okay, I can make them wait, go back, hit the earlier checkpoint to save it. I guess you'd have to go a little further back to do that. But yeah, it's like you can just kind of kind of game it and use it to your advantage if you want. Uh, I, do, I do miss quick saving from Abe's Exes, though. It was nice to have quick save. It just made things a little easier. It was weird that some creatures were missing. Uh, like you, you. There's no paramites or scrabs in this game at all, um, which is interesting. And then there are some new creatures. There's no fleeches either. But there's these other other ones. I forget what they're called. But it was kind of cool because they had like this mechanic where you had to go into these dark caves, and these creatures are afraid of light. So you find a flashlight, but it has a a time limit on it, and then it recharges over time. And you can also pick up flares and like they'll chase you down these, I think they call them screechers or something like that. Like, and they have like these glowing red eyes and they bounce and they kind of have this, this cool glow and they, they pop up randomly. Uh, and this caves has like these death trap pressure plates all the time. You just get impaled by spikes if you don't watch out for them. And so it made a fun little mechanic there, but yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely fun to play. And then, yeah, I picked up a uh, returnal afterwards and I started that and I am really enjoying it. I'm not one for roguelikes, um, or roguelikes. I mean, I played some, like I, I played dead cells and it was a good looking game and it was, it was kind of fun for a bit, but I just, I couldn't get into it. Enter the gungeon, you know, cause it's a bullet hell roguelike, which is what returnal is. Like mm-hmm. I, I played that. It's like, I, I just, nothing ever kind of kept me in there. I've, you know, people play Spelunky. I've seen them play. I'm like, I just don't get Spelunky. Um, because it's just like, I, obviously there's something there in the gameplay, but I think because there's no story pulling me along, yeah. like, it, I think that's what it is for most for most games. Like I need I need something in the story. They're not just a gameplay thing. Like I guess if there was like a multiplayer roguelike, like that'd be different. Or if it had super fun mechanics. Like I've never played like Slay the Spire, which is more like a, a deck builder kind of thing, or or I think Monster Train's kind of like a like that as well. But uh, but yeah, so I, I, I gave I was like, well, I gotta try Returnal because it has a story and it looks fun. And yeah, I've I've been really enjoying it. It's been a lot of fun. I love the the main character's great and the voice actress she's fantastic like she does a really good job i i looked up to i was like i know this this voice sounds familiar but i'm like but i don't quite recognize it and uh she's one of the main i believe 
she is the handler for uh, Agent 47 in the Hitman series. So hmm. that's kind of where I recognize her because I play a little bit. I've seen people play it. And she's also in a couple other things. She's there's something else I play that she was in. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of game work, of course. But yeah, she does a great job. Uh, I I have no real issues with it. I know a lot of people have problems with the fact you can't save and quit, which I get. You know, if you want to, if you're in the middle of a run, like you've been playing for two hours or something, and you have like you've got you know a gun you like with bonuses you love, and you've got all the artifacts and other items, like you're you're just doing great. You got tons of health bonuses, and like, and you don't want that to end. Like I can see, like yeah, okay, maybe. Uh, you got to put it in rest mode if you want to take a break. Uh, you can't just save and exit. Now, and I, I, I'm okay with it just because, like, if I finish an objective, then, and I get a new one, that's like okay, that's progress. As long as I make progress, I'm fine. If I have to restart, because when you restart, you go back to the very first biome where your ship crashes. You have to go through, but you unlock so much stuff as you go through the game anyways that getting through those first biomes is a cinch and also you don't have to go through all the long stuff you just have to you could just run super quick to get to the path you actually need to go now of course you can farm those biomes to try to get some extra items uh you know find some artifacts whatnot maybe look for that try to get a particular gun you like or something like you don't uh you can do that just kind of give yourself a little boost or something. But the the nice thing the game does too is like every time you go to a new biome section is that there is an item you can pick up that will instantly raise the level of the gun you have equipped. So you don't have to worry about... Because the game has like a proficiency uh, meter where as you fight and you kill enemies, you raise your proficiency bar, which every time you raise it up a level, that means all the weapons that do end up dropping are at that new tier. And of course... Once you get to the new biomes, you're a tier higher. So if you just skip the first biome and go straight to the second, it'll instantly raise your gun up to level it's like four or five, uh, whatever it is. And then mm-hmm. that way you can at least do damage to the enemies that are there and get guns that drop that level. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice little little uh, thing. Plus, when you make certain progression, like shortcuts will open up as well. So it's like, oh, I have to get back to this place. Oh, I don't want to run through that entire thing. It's like, well, there's a shortcut now. So as long as you get to this part, you can skip this other section, go straight to that, that point. And I, I can see them. I probably would say that they will end up patching in a save and quit functionality at some point, because that is the only negative that people have for the game is the fact that you can't do that. Uh, I feel like they could easily do it in universe. So no spoilers, obviously, but there are, are things you can find that I feel like they could either repurpose or design a new one for. So like there's a, an a alien tech piece you can find in some randomly sometimes uh, called like a re it's called a reconstructor, I believe. And it costs ether, which is this rare resource you pick up that usually has, it always has guaranteed drops in certain tile sets and whatnot. Uh, but you use ether to do things like, uh, if you find chests or items that are inflicted with malignancy, it's basically like if you find a chest that's has malignancy, it's if you open it, there's a chance that you will get a negative trait, essentially. And you can use ether to cleanse them, but you typically don't want to waste ether on that because you can, at the start of the run, you can spend ether to buy an artifact or an item out of this uh, little totem thing. 
So the reconstructor basically does to where like it scans Celine, the main character, and then if you die, you restart back at that point with all your stuff. So your artifacts, your parasites, your guns. Um, I don't think you start back with your health bonuses though, because you you lose those on death. You just don't restart entirely. So your gun it, it is kind of like a a save point essentially. It's like a a safety spot where you go back earlier into the level. Mm-hmm. And there's a fast travel uh, teleportation point in that same room as well. And I feel like they could easily do something like where there's also these beds that you could sleep on and they repair your health or you can sleep on them and they drain some of your health, but give you an item. And I feel like they could easily do something like, Oh, it's a safe, an alien safe where you deposit all your stuff for ether. And then it's banked in this storage unit that you can acquire anywhere. So it's like, okay, you just bank your items. Then you quit. Then when you restart the run, you just find that room open it up and then get all your stuff. Like, I feel like that would be an in universe way they could do it because like, if the reconstructor is already copying everything you have anyways, why not repurpose that to be like, treat it as a, the respawn or just treat it as a depository and be like, Hey, I'll put all my stuff in here. Then quit the game. Like, I feel like they could do that. Yeah. Um, Cause then you would still have to remember to do that. Right, and do it, it before co- something bad happens to you. Exactly, and it would cost a currency. Which, if you're playing the game for hour, you know, if you're playing for the hours, that two hour long run, you should have that currency. And maybe mm-hmm. you can not make it cost ether, since that's a more scarce resource. You can make it cost the uh, I forget the call, but like there's another material currency you can pick up when you kill enemies, which you use to craft at all the crafting stations. Uh, you could use that and be like, oh, it costs like four hundred of these to deposit to do it. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you've been playing for two hours, which the people is why they complain about it is when they have these long runs, it's like, you should have enough of this because you would have killed everything. Now, yeah. enemies, of course, don't respawn once you complete a zone. So maybe if you're, you know, you complete clear out the entire first biome and clear out the second. And, you know, at that point, you've been playing for a while, you beat the bosses, whatever. And now you spend money on every item you can fabricate. Well, then you don't have any of that currency anymore. You can also deposit it for ether and ether for the current that currency as well. So I feel like they could do it like make it just a mechanic. Um, that way, there's a risk reward. Like, okay, I can do it, but it's going to cost me. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, it would make sense in universe, um, which is what I like about everything else. Like, it the reconstructor makes sense because it's alien tech that they built and yada yada. So you're just getting in there. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, other than that, like I said, it's it's really fun i really like it um i'm having a great time i uh i also think it in the beginning too like it does a really good job that in the first biome you're exploring like i didn't have people you know a lot of people call it a tough game and i i guess it is like there's more like there's certain enemies that can be tough uh i guess that could be different people like i made it to the first boss in my first run uh and i almost one shot the boss the first time uh, but then I, I died right at the end and then I ran straight to the boss, uh, and then beat them on the second go. And then same thing for the, the second biome. When I got there, I made it, uh, I didn't make it super far. I think I, like I made it past the first objective, which essentially is, you know, a good spot. If I just quit there, find the first objective is done. Then I got almost to the boss for the, or the, the top of this location for the second objective 
And then I got to this room that just had a lot of tough enemies and I got killed. Uh, and then I had to restart, but it was much easier to get there because I'll, some of the challenges on that first objective were gone. They didn't respawn. And then I just, I knew what I was going, getting myself into. So I just ran there. It didn't matter. Um, and I've had runs where it's like, oh, I have some great stuff. I would love to keep going, but I'm like, I don't care. I'll just start over. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I feel like they they probably will at some point because it is a ga- it had the game has no main menu like you boot it up and it's straight the crash sequence like it's new cycle and uh and and yeah and you're supposed to die and restart like there's a lot that happens like there's lore, lore and story things that happen when you die and respawn like things on like it also puts you back at your ship which unlocks new you can unlock new uh like these story archives on the ship uh, mm-hmm. There's like dailies you can do, like daily challenges that unlocks ether. So it's like I, it's an integral part. Like you, you need to die to definitely progress some stuff. But yeah, I, <clears throat> I didn't find it too difficult at first. Like there was like one enemy type that I kind of introduced you. I think on purpose uh, to kill you, to kind of for that story beat. And the definitely that the first run is definitely set up in such a way that it's the same for everybody. Like I was watching Day Nine play it. And yeah, I'm like, okay, he it's beat for beat. It's like it's like a preset layout the first go through. Um, so that way people know what they're getting into kind of thing. Like a they ease you in. But again, mm-hmm. there's there's so much progression. Like you play through and it's like, oh, you found the new item that lets you do this. Even if you die, it's like that item's permanent. You go through again, you find now you can explore new areas or something, or you get a new ability. I feel like there's a really good uh progression that you make in that first biome that's real nice. And then <clears throat> later on there's stuff where it's like it's very metroidvania where there's even in the first biome you get through it there's stuff you can't do because you don't have the ability to do it yet like places to explore and then you beat like the next biome and now you can go back now when you go back to that first biome on death there's new spots you can check out a new place you can go um and yeah it's it's fun too like there's these parasites you pick up which have like a pro and a con you're like oh this gives you a reduced cost for items you fabricate but it you have to kill one more enemy to increase your proficiency it's like okay it's not a bad trade-off and like you can only have like i think five parasites on at one time um, of course there's a trophy for it so i like to pick up just i look at every parasite and i usually pick up everything that has a good trait with not with a, a bad trade that really isn't that bad at all and i also the malfunctions that can happen from the malignancy on items and chests like sometimes i'll do it just to see what they are and usually it's stuff that's not that bad. The worst ones typically are like, uh, oh, you can't pick up a new weapon. But you can fix malignancy either with items. There's some items that can do it. Or they all have these fix uh, like objectives on them. Like it'll be like, oh, open up one chest and you'll fix the malfunction on your suit. So you open up a chest, gone. Uh, melee kill six enemies. Okay, now it's gone. Uh, do this and it's gone, you know, mm. kill this many. Like, so it, there's ways to fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the downside is, of course, you can't have, once you have two malfunctions, you can't have more. They start calling, they start causing serious problems. You either lose the item you're trying to pick up. If it's like the, the currency, the resin, whatever it is that you pick up in the world, or your max health HP starts going down, like in Dark Souls. Uh, and it's like, oh, that one's bad. So just stop doing it. <laughs> like, don't, <laughs> don't do it anymore. But, uh, but yeah, I, I love the the risk award. There's definitely some guns I I don't like in that game. And there's one point where like, anytime you fight like a 
an NM enemy pretty much. Like it's always like they drop a weapon, like they're going to drop something. And I yeah. had one where I was, I was running up to the, this one objective in the second biome. And like, I'd defeat these guys that were pretty tough. And then they kept dropping this one, like rocket launcher that I didn't want. I'm like, I don't want this rocket launcher, man. <laughs> and I'm like, stop it. And then like, every time I, I'm like, I'm not picking it up. <laughs> I'm like, I like the gun I have right now. Don't, you're not making me do it. You can't fool me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't care if it's got a couple extra firepower. I, I don't, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. But, and there's also like an active reload system in the game, which I didn't realize at first. So that that's fun to do. Uh, it's funny. There was this one. I didn't know. So like you come across stuff where there are like these, these vines with like this glowy red hue. It kind of like reminds me of the vines in uh, God of War when you have to get the, the other weapon to be able to open them up to get mm-hmm. the chest behind the vines. And you need, uh, I'm like, okay, clearly I need something to unlock this. And then, there's these other spots where I found where like there's a chest, but it's behind this these stone pillars. I'm like, okay, clearly I can't open this. And then I forget what it was, but I was playing. I forget what I was doing. I was playing like much later. I was playing doing something, and I noticed that there was like this glowy, like stone thing. So I shot it, and all of a sudden the stone gate dropped down. And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, so this thing I thought I couldn't have access to because I didn't have the item. I could have gotten the chest and the items behind all of these I've been running past because I thought I couldn't. Uh, so I was like, that sucks. Damn. Yeah, it was uh, It was funny. And there's this one item you can pick up that's like, it's called, I forget what it's called, but like it teleports you to a random location. And I thought like, what the hell does this do? And I'm like, well, let's use it. Because I'm like, might as well try it. It's a roguelike. I'll just use everything. Uh-huh. Uh, and it just teleports you to like a, a a bonus area that can have like either a bunch of the currency you pick up or a bunch of random items and stuff like that. Or like a, a tough enemy that drops a high tier weapon once you beat them. Uh, and then you just instantly warp out. It's like, that's always what they do. But I'm like, you could use this as like a getaway. Because you always go back to where you were when you use it. Like if you get in a tough situation, just like teleport me out of here. And then then you know okay i'll go back and i'll just take a breather and quickly run and i know what i'm gonna do but mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's a fun game it's i'm i'm on a boss right now that's just i'm like i got through phase one pretty quick and then phase two was just like oh my god what am i i don't know what i'm gonna do here and then i freaking the second boss i one shot the second boss uh first go well that's one shotting you know I, I'm i just repeating what it is. So one-shotting is when you... Mm-hmm. And right as I do the killing blow, I accidentally dash just out of reflex because I expected like this next wave of attack to come through. And I dashed off the edge of the arena. And when you fall in Returnal, you just take some health damage. But I had so low health that it killed me. Shit. And so I died when it died. The trophy popped that I killed it. And Celine even says something... But then the game resets, does the cutscene for the crash. I capture the gameplay, but I don't think the game liked that because then when it loaded into the actual game, I just had black screen, but I could hear everything. And I'm like, uh, I got to close the game. The game didn't like me messing around. Like, <laughs> it either glitched because I died at the same time or because mm-hmm. I, I captured the footage or something, but it was not happy. It's like, all right. But I was so mad. And then when I went back in, it's like, defeat boss. And I was like, ah, oh, I was so angry. <laughs> but 
luckily, again, like I said, when I went back to this place, a shortcut opened up to where I didn't have to go through all this section that I did before. And I was like, okay, I just went straight to the boss and I, I beat the boss. But, uh, but yeah, this luckily that's the case for this, uh, this other boss release. It's like, I know how to, I can get to this other boss pretty quick. Like once you unlock the path, like, you know where to go. Like, and luckily the game's so good about the maps. Like, okay, these, these blue triangle doors are optional areas. The rectangle doors with a star, that means they're a challenge room. Typically means you'll you'll do a big fight against a bunch of waves of enemies, and there'll be a boss that'll drop a good weapon. Um, or just a tougher, like, NM or something like that. And then the, there's these rectangle doors. I think they're the ones with the circles or mean they're, like, they're the main path. Like, if you just follow these, you'll go straight to your objective. And also you can see the, the marker on the map, even though you haven't unlocked that. You haven't removed the shroud, essentially. But, yeah, mm. uh, sound effects are great. I... You know, people touted the, I showed it in Discord, the uh, the rain feedback on the control, the haptic feedback. I'm like, oh, it's really cool. And I felt it, and I'm like, this feels awesome. But it doesn't last forever. It's like, which I get from a gameplay perspective, because if you're fighting enemies, like, they do a lot with cues, player cues, um, with, the, with the vibrations. And so I'm like, if you're in an area where it's raining and the controller is doing the vibrations on top of all the other stuff it's doing, I feel like that could overload the player, you know, with too much information. And you're like, okay, well, we'll get rid of the rain. So it lasts for a bit, and then it slowly fades away after like 30, 40 seconds. I wish you could make it last forever if there's no enemies around, though, because it's a really cool feeling. I guess it would probably drain the battery forever because there's a lot of rain in the first biome. But yeah, it. I, I like what they do with the controller, and I like the actuators in the R2 and L2 and how, like, when you aim, when you ADS, you only have to pull the trigger back just a little before it locks, and then to alt fire, you pull all the way back, which they've done in other games as well. But that's fun. And then I've also noticed vibrations where like there's this one section of the game, like there's a plant I walk past, and when I walk past the plant and it brushes across her shoulder, in because it's a first person perspective, it vibrates on the controller for the side that you're on when you walk back, which is kind of cool. Hmm. But yeah, it's a uh, it's not the only negative i have against the game is the ui when you so if you run over and if you find an item or like a consumable or a weapon it pops up a big old ui window that shows you what the weapon is and it shows a big ui window next to it of what you have equipped so you can compare them fantastic same with items because you can only carry at first one item at a time and then two items and so it's like okay do you want to place it yada yada here's what they each do they're pretty big windows. So if you're in the middle of a fight, like I'm doing a lot of uh, shooting from the hip in this game. I'm not really ADSing that much at all. And when I'm in the middle of a fight and I run past a gun that's on the ground or an item and it pops up that big UI on my screen, I'm like, this is really obnoxious. <laughs> now, to be fair, it doesn't do that when you're ADSing. So if you ADS, it doesn't pop up the UI. But if I'm running and gunning, which I do a lot because it's a bullet hell, uh, it it can happen a lot, especially if it's like at the guns at the center of the arena and I'm trying to be like more central open area kind of thing. So it, that can be kind of annoying. Does but. it make the UI go away if you ADS or does it? Yes. If you ADS, oh, okay. it goes away. And then again, if you walk away from the item, like a certain distance away, then it stops showing you what that item is. Um, but oh, if one, okay. every time you run past it or if you even if you stand next to it and you're shooting from the hip, it pops up and like it just blocks whatever you're trying to look at. Oh, oh. but yeah, it's like stop it. So I just try <laughs> to stay away from that stuff. But yeah, music. I love the music. the The atmosphere. It's just it's real good. I'm I'm really enjoying 
everything about this game. Um, and I look forward to to playing more of it. But yeah, that's all I'm playing. I did download. I didn't realize that Path of Exile was free to play when that came out. I don't know if it's always been free to play. I think Pat, it was a. I believe Path of Exile was also a Kickstarter game, right? Back when it came out on PC. Oh, I don't remember. I know. I know. Michael or is that Pillars of that? Eden? Is he, that I thought, that he plays. No, I think he has Path of Exile too. He plays like Risk of Rain, and then right. I think Path of Exile with his brother every now and then. Yeah. But I don't uh, remember if it was a Kickstarter game or not. I don't. I don't know. Sometimes he just has games, and I'm like, okay, I don't know where that came from. I think Pillars of Eden is the uh, Kickstarter one because Path of Exile is like Diablo, and Pillars of Eden yeah. is a CRPG like uh, Divinity Original Sin. Um, but anyway, I've heard good things about Path of Exile, and again, I didn't know mm-hmm. it was free to play, so I downloaded it on PS4 or on my uh, PS5. It's a because it's a like well shoot. It's, uh, you know, it's not that big. It's only 24 gigs and mm-hmm. put them external. And it's like, I'll at some point play this. And uh, I, I looked up reviews like, do you need to spend money? Because they do sell like inventory expansion stuff. Um, but if you're just casually playing or you only have one character, like it doesn't matter. Like people say, like, you don't need to expand your inventory if you're only doing one thing. If you're doing a ton of stuff and you're invested, you will. But at that point, you're invested in the game. You're going to want to help give this money. Because I believe Path of Exile yeah. 2 is going to come out soon. I was like, well, I, I want to try. I, I, you know, I've heard good things, but uh, I don't know when I'm going to get to it since I'm playing Returnal, and then, and then a whole sloth of games are going to be coming out this month anyway. So right, Resident Evil, and then all the other stuff. It's like mm-hmm. I mean, I'll get to, it. especially because like, I guess like I looked at, I was like, how involved is Path of Exile? Like it's pretty involved when you're doing your build. Like you yeah. gotta pay attention. I'm like, I'm gonna have to look at guides for this. It's one of those games. <laughs> I'm going to um, have to be invested in this at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll cut it there. And uh, yeah. So thank you all for tuning and listening. Thank you, Izzy. Thank you, Zai, for joining. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we will see you all next time. Later. Bye.